What's going on fans? This is your boy Ben here bringing you a special announcement. We have a live contest right now where you can win an axe bat. Yes, I said it, an axe bat. What are the details? How do I enter? How much, if anything, does it cost? Well, we're running a special contest right now where you can win this axe bat. Our promotion goes through March 14th, 2019, and all you have to do is submit $5 for entry. You can submit as many entries as you want, but it's $5 per entry. I want to take some really quick moments to thank Axe Bats for donating this special bat. In the bat itself, it's 33 inches, 30 ounces. So if you want to hit us up, look us up on Twitter, look us up on Instagram, send us an email at diamondsandrosespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on many platforms. With that, on to the show. Two fans, one mission to bring Major League Baseball to Oregon. Powered by the Portland Gear Store and Guardian Games, this is the Diamonds and Roses podcast. And without further ado, your hosts, Ben and David. I'm Ben. And I'm Dave. And I'm Nova. And you're listening, listening to, to the Diamonds and Roses, Roses Podcast. What's going on, Dave? Well, what's going on is uh, we're at a new location today as we make our journey around the Portland area. And uh, I'm excited about our, our, our guest today. Yeah, we have a great guest and she's going to be talking about a great organization. So um, without further ado, guest, can you introduce yourself, please? Well, my name is Nova Newcomer. I'm the executive director of Friends of Baseball. Outstanding. Thank you for coming on, Nova. We really appreciate it. And uh, first and foremost, we want to say thank you to um, Baseballism for allowing us to record live here at their national headquarters here in Portland, Oregon. They got us set up in a nice little area in the back. We're out of Dave's man cave basement. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, I let Ben out of the boiler room, so that's good. Yeah, if you haven't checked out Baseballism, it's over kind of 22nd and Quimby. Uh, cool, cool area in general, cool shop. Uh, and again, we appreciate their allowing us to invade their space space and infect their air exactly and your wife's not going to kick us out this evening no she's still okay with the 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 boiler room basement every now and then but it's like nice to move around yeah you're you're like get down there (laughs) (laughs) anyways um well let's get to our guests and that's uh nova nova um let's talk a little bit about you for our first episode and then once we get into the second episode we'll kind of talk a little bit more about what you're doing now and your current position and what you do for the uh, inner city youth here in uh, oregon so um first of all nova you're a portland resident born and raised that's right yep (laughs) (laughs) and um you know i was reading a little bit about you and you know you've always had this you know fascination of baseball from when you were a younger you know woman and um younger girl and you know used to go beaver games with your dad so tell us what that experience was like I just always remember going to the ballpark with my dad um, on the weekends that he had me during the spring. We would often go to Beaver Games, and uh, it was my favorite place to be. So it's always funny when people talk about Civic Stadium, you know, the 
the issues that they had with it as a ballpark for me that was my ballpark growing up and uh, it was actually really fun last year I got to get married outside that ballpark even though it's a soccer stadium now I got to get married outside there it was really fun it's it's still a ballpark <laughs> it's still yeah. my ballpark yeah, it loves, I love yeah I, go to, I went to games love going there it's weird seeing it as a soccer stadium now and not a baseball stadium and I know they're doing a lot of upgrades to add more seats, but it's still a little bit weird every time, you know, drive by or actually go to a soccer game. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, going, going to games as a kid with my dad, um, I just, I just fell in love with the game of baseball. And, um, shortly after I went to my first Beavers game, uh, I started playing softball and I just, I, I loved it. Um, in fact, my first tryout, I got, um, I got, the ball in the face. Excellent. Uh, and I didn't know that it was a skills evaluation. I thought it was actually a tryout. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to get cut. And uh, so I was really nervous about that because I didn't catch the ball. I, I <laughs> caught it with my eye. Um, but I made a team. How, <laughs> I got put you, on a how team. Old were you at that point? I was nine years old. Okay. I was nine years old. You know, at that time, you know, not everybody started when they were four and five. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I started at private nine. coaches at six. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody worked on my swing at that time. Um, but uh, yeah, so joining um, the softball league, um, joining Little League. I was in Powell Little League. Um, and. Uh, I just I just loved playing. I loved having a uniform. Um, my business card has a picture of me as a nine or ten year old girl um, in my softball uniform because um, I always try to remind myself that that's why I'm out here doing this is um, to you know support that little girl that loved to play and had a scholarship to play. Um, you know I never knew who paid for me to play little league and uh, oh, very cool. yeah and so I just always want to be reminding myself that you know. Not just me, but kids, kids like me growing up who needed support, you know, um, that, that, uh, that that's why I do what I do. Talk about, talk about your area, that area where you started and kind of the demographics or the people you played with and just, uh, just, uh, and what it was like. Yeah. Um, well I just, you know, when, when, when you're a kid that doesn't have your parents out at every game, mm-hmm. like you end up being in everybody's car (laughs) going uh you know I yeah Yeah. and I actually lived in southeast Portland but I went to a school on 55th and northeast Killingsworth and so I took TriMet home Mm. every day um from the time I was in first grade wow and uh so I would actually take TriMet to practice Uh, and so I'd get dropped off at the various fields where we were playing and I'd come straight from school Mm. uh, to practice and uh um I'm just so grateful for all the parents that you know let me climb into their car with you know they, they had one kid with dirty cleats and then they had two with me um and just I had coaches that you know my my coach in sixth grade I actually just emailed him because I was oh, wow. at the Northwest Baseball Conve- uh, Coaches Convention and um, received an award um there um for the work that we do at Friends of Baseball and I just um just felt overwhelmed to kind of dedicate that to my coach um in sixth grade who asked me to be our catcher and demanding position yeah 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 yeah. and so you know i as a little league coach the past few years i know that that actually is a difficult position to fill for Uh, kids um i know older players you know Mm. more experienced players love to play catcher but when you're a kid it's very easy to have a lot of kids you know they'll they'll actually say i don't want to the only thing i don't want to do is catch and so i didn't know that at the time i thought my coach was you know kind of selecting me to be a leader um and i just ran with that so from Mm. the time i was in sixth grade till i was a senior in high school i was a catcher and like i have the knees 
days now to prove it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you weren't wearing knee savers. You were down. Oh, you were no. Just, yeah, old school. That's yeah, double cool. headers, uh, you know, lots of walks, <laughs> going yeah. through bad innings. Um, um, but I loved it so much. I got to be involved in every play. And um, I still, you know, when I see one of my teammates who I, you know, I still see Little League teammates. I don't think people don't realize that, cool. you know, I didn't get recruited to play college. But I have all these people that I'm still connected to, these memories, all these things that kind of kept me connected as a kid. That's what I got out of the game. And um, and to to be the catcher, you know, I'll still say, oh, that's my second baseman. That's my pitcher. That's cool. You know, <laughs> you're, the, you're the field general. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. mm-hmm. yeah. you got the eyes on the field and yeah. everything's in front of you. So, you know exactly yeah. what's going on. I mean, I caught when I was yeah. all the way up through high school. Some people so think I it's understand. the shortstop. It's the catcher. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, you know, maybe catchers are the one. You know, I think my pitchers all thought they were in charge yeah. of yeah. the game. And I was like, what? <laughs> no, you're, you're calling where the ball's yeah. going. Yeah. And exactly. Yeah. Everything. You know, and I, I love that position, too, because, you, you know, you had the umpire behind you and there was a little bit of, you know, managing the game with the umpire, too. And, you know, you just make sure your, ump- your umpire in a key moment just at least knows, you know, that he can give you the benefit of the doubt or uh, something where, like that. Where was that pitch? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, are they going to accept your framing or are they not going to accept your yeah. framing? Um, so, you know, and even other teams when we when I played against other teams, you know, I, I had a little edge to me, too. I definitely, if, they, if they, my pitcher gave him a walk, I was expecting them to run to first. Oh. I might let them know. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Tell yeah. me a little bit more about this scholarship that you receive and how it came about your you know, knowing that you actually received a scholarship uh you know honestly i never thought about it until i started doing work at friends of baseball which we can talk about later but um i never really realized it growing up it, it only kind of got pieced together um as an adult mm-hmm. um that i that you know that i was given that i was given a scholarship um you know i think there's a lot of that you know there's a lot of quiet scholarships given out all over for um, kids to um, play youth sports, and um, it's a it's a real gift to be able to play and um, and not have finances be uh, an issue, you know. And transportation comes right behind that um, mm-hmm. as being an issue as a barrier. Um, and so for me, I just use that to inform how I approach our work um, because I know that that was invaluable to me. Um, and to, at a, you know, at an age for a young girl, like, you know, age of 12, 11, 12, that's a really important age. And to have um, your coach kind of say, hey, I want you to lead our team. Uh, I never forgot that, you yeah, know. Identity I, formation, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, and I, I emailed him last weekend and just let him know. And uh, um, I had that has been something that had been on my mind for many years. And um, I just wanted him to know, like, this was a really important moment. And you may have forgotten it, but I never did. <laughs> yeah. And I just think that's so important. And that's that's the thing about sports that I think when we when we focus so much on, you know, elite athletes as yeah. the primary thing, um, we forget that most of us actually go on to do other things in life and that sports shaped us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love watching elite athletes play. I love, I love the highest levels of sports and, you know, in almost every sport. Um, so nothing, nothing about, you know, I'm not, you know, saying anything about that, um, or trying to downgrade that. I love that. But when we talk about community investment and where we're going to put our community support, what we're doing for our community and recreational play has got to be right up there. Could you say that was your pay it forward moment where you you got something that was unbeknownst to you and you never know who's going to who that individual is or individuals were mm-hmm. and you're looking at that as like I received something that was very special to me and as a result 
now that I'm an adult and, and doing these types of things, that was my pay it forward moment in life. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, I, I think I've had quite a few doors open for me, and I think that's um, really um, shaped how I how I approach things as an adult and doing community work is is. Um, you know, there's so many kids that need doors open for them, and um, and it, it's meaningful. You know, it's meaningful, and they don't know it then, and they they're not going to know to tell you that then. Um, but that's why all those little moments that we invest in as adults when we're trying to support kids, that's why they matter so much is because you don't know. Like my coach, I'm sure, didn't know that I was going to remember that we were at Brooklyn Park, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> off of mm-hmm. Powell. And that I'm going to that every time I drive by that field, I think about that moment. Um, he, he's there's no way he would know that. Yeah, we've got we this is this is this it's this reoccurring or these reoccurring themes that seem to be part of a kind of a cultural movement in the last few years and kind of, I guess, reaction to the last decade or two of, of baseball and softball becoming a little bit elitist and a little bit exclusive. And there's definitely been, it seems like a movement in reaction to that to make it more opportunity-based, community-minded, and then equitable in terms of access. Mm-hmm. A lot of the people we've talked to, and this seems, this, this is a healthy, this is an this is a movement that it seems to be growing, especially in this area. And again, it's a byproduct of where baseball and softball had gone, mm-hmm. you know, 15 years ago or so mm-hmm. in terms of uh, who was able to play and who wasn't. And it seems like people are starting to see the bigger picture with um, getting this out there and allowing people to have those experiences and, and getting and, and being real about it. And, and, and again, your example of, I guess, the value of it that it instills in terms of the character and the and the kind of identity formation and then and the adult formation really cool yeah yeah yeah. i mean i I, you guys probably have these memories too but you know i remember so i've got that memory and that was a really meaningful um moment in my life um but i also remember playing wiffle ball on the four corners and you know next to my house Mm -hmm. and um you know that actually wasn't I wasn't a great safe house for me to be honest, but I loved going outside and going out to the four corners and the neighbor kids would come out and we'd all play a game mm-hmm. on those four corners and you know somebody's roof was a home run and you know other you know this roof over here was an out, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um and uh you know and and I just remember you know the bat would you know the the bat would break, the ball would break. We'd tape it up. Um and you know like that wasn't anything organized. That wasn't anything anyone spent a ton of money on and like that to me, I can see that in slow motion in my head all the time, you know, running mm-hmm. around and, yeah. you know, like <laughs> big giant corners as your bases um, and just, you know, what it felt like to smash the ball and, and you know, for a girl, like smash the ball and impress the, the neighbor boys that you yeah. actually could hit, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, this reminds me, this is, you know, in terms of, and I get nostalgic and I get sentimental, but in, in terms of a byproduct of this is also... Um, combating some of the, 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 I guess, the more unhealthy habits that, you know, it's easy for kids to fall into, especially now with obsession with technology and whatnot. And it's definitely, you know, kind of bringing it back to a little, a little simpler, a little healthier, a little, you know, a little more uh, movement-based, exercise-based. It's just, I don't know, just uh, it gets me sentimental. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I remember my days 
talking about being out in the lawn and my brother and my next door neighbor a friend of ours we'd go out and we'd have a aluminum bat we'd have a tennis ball and our first base would be this railroad tie our second base would be a <laughs> a, 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 a bow bow and arrow like hay bale that like caught there. <laughs> and then we'd have a tree and then we'd use like a baseball cap for like home ba- plate and that's that's how we played and those were those were days the woods were a home run and yeah. sometimes you line a ball at your brother directly and he falls down you laugh at him and you know he's probably gonna listen to this and hate me but the yeah. question is can a wiffle ball dent a car right that's <laughs> yeah. always the debate at, at what distance can a wiffle ball dent a car right? it's, it's always a debate <laughs> yeah. if it's taped like she said it sure. probably will yeah. That's interesting. That's interesting. Or, or what distance can it leave a weld? So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> those things is. can sting too. Yeah. <laughs> so you played for Powell and Park Rose Little League. Mm-hmm. Did you do anything other than catch or was that your primary position? Every once in a while, my legs would give out on me and I'd, they'd put me in center. Um, and I, I, got, I played one game at first base. Hmm. Um, and I, you know, my dad was there. Uh, he worked nights, so he couldn't be at a lot of my games. And um, I let a ball go through my legs. I kind of heard it on that one. <laughs> oh, uh, no. So I didn't play first again. <laughs> um, you didn't say Bill Buckner. On your no, he didn't. Now. He didn't. <laughs> he was a Red Sox fan over there. Yeah, 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 I know he didn't. He didn't say that. Um, but I, you know, I played played a couple other positions. I mean, everyone has to come in to pitch every once in a while in little league. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, most I would say. 70 80 percent of it was was a catcher from the time i was you know 12 years old so mm-hmm. now tell me about this four years of scrappy high school competition yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well i went to park rose and um park rose high school and we did not have a super competitive team we had some really great athletes on our team um but we didn't have a super competitive team so i think the main reason that i say it that way is like you know i, I did you know, two years of varsity softball and um, two years of JV. Um, but I did four years of softball um, and I played. And there was nothing at the other end of that. It was literally because I loved mm-hmm. playing. Um, and you I, realize it wasn't a means to an end. Yeah. It was just because you love the game. Yeah. And, um, and you know, <laughs> high school high school spring in Portland is wet and cold. Yeah. And it's not for the, you know, faint of heart to play baseball or softball in Portland uh, at that time, um, at that time of the year. Um, so I, I think, yeah, like I said, the main reason I say that is because I think that it's important to, to, to say, you know, kids are, are, you know, when they commit to something like that and there's nothing else at the, at the end of that, that, that's, it's teaching them something else that we should value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're at the end of your high school career mm-hmm. and you're getting ready to choose colleges, you know, going on to higher education. Um, you end up going to Portland State, but were you looking at other places? Do you want do you want to stay more locally? Go Vikes. Yeah. Go Vikes. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Go Vikes. You know, I think I, we're all like, Portland you know, State I abs- this is this is going to come as such a surprise because I'm such a Portland State supporter. But it was the last place I wanted to go because my dad got his degree from Portland State uh, in Your political legacy. science. <laughs> and I didn't want to go there. Uh, I really didn't want to go there. So actually, I have a, there's a really funny story. Um, I actually went to Syracuse my freshman year mm. in college. Oh, wow. And um, the reason I went to Syracuse, I didn't apply to any other school, <laughs> um, is that I, in high school, I was the editor of my school newspaper, mm-hmm. and I called the Blazers office and asked to be transferred to Mike Rice. 
and I <laughs> um, I left a voicemail for Mike Rice, and I asked if I could interview him uh, for my school newspaper. <laughs> and um, he actually called me back. <laughs> no way. So I got a little message from the office that I had a message from Mike Rice to call him back. Uh, so I called him back, and he had me meet him and Eddie Doucette. I don't know if you guys remember Eddie Doucette yeah. um, mm-hmm. uh, at the Olive Garden out in Beaverton. Uh, because they were filming a commercial there and then I could interview him after that. So I did that on a school day, um, went out there and did that. That's cool. And, um, you know, I have a very good relationship with TriMet <laughs> as a kid. And so i leaving Beaverton. Remember, I went to school in Park Rose. Yeah. And I'm leaving the Beaverton Olive Garden. And I think my dad had dropped me off out there, but I had to, to take a bus from Beaverton to Park Rose. And so I'm waiting at the bus stop and Mike Rice drives by and says, what are you doing? And I was like, well, I'm, taking the bus back to school (laughs) and he said to park rose i said yeah and so he said do you want a ride and so i was like okay so he gave me a ride back to school and on the way back i remember we were on the um we were on 84 and he was just like so where do you want to go to school and um i said i said i'm not sure yet i said i do know that um Oh, he said, what do you want to, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I want to be Bob Costas, Hmm. (laughs) you know? And he said, well, Bob Costas went to Syracuse. And I said, okay, well, that's where I'm going to go. That's where you applied. That's And so I applied to Syracuse and I, I got in and I went and I, you know, had, um, had my freshman year there. I did end up coming home. It was really cold and expensive yeah. and yeah. <laughs> upstate New York I did get yeah. to go to Cooperstown that that's year cool. which you know I made sure that happened um, but yeah so that's the funny story where Mike Rice told me to go to Syracuse so I did uh, um, but yeah I ended up at Portland State and the really cool thing about um, ending up at Portland State is that I actually didn't end up at Portland State for school I ended up at Portland State because I had an internship with the Portland Rockies oh, okay. um, which is my second baseball job I actually worked for the Portland beavers before that and um they uh someone in the rockies front office said you know hey there's this guy larry sellers who's the sports information director at portland state and they're looking for um, an intern in their office Hmm. and so i went over there and interviewed with them and um, they actually were looking for a graduate intern um but they i think they didn't have any takers because it wasn't a lot of money Mm. (laughs) you're some good timing (laughs) so they offered it to me and so i got a job at portland state and then enrolled in classes there okay um and loved it and i'm so happy i got my degree at portland state um but i worked in the athletic department the entire time and um my junior year which was the last year of the portland state baseball program Mm. um i did stats and and did the um pa announcing at civic stadium Mm -hmm. to a you know cavernous civic stadium (laughs) um yeah so um so it was a it was an amazing experience um and you know so like these early baseball jobs that i had really turned into um you know what i did to put myself through college um and i think just continued to shape where i went with my career so it was just feeling time hustle you were always a lot on your plate essentially and it's just not a lot of downtime no as as an undergrad no 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 um but that was probably good for me yeah sure (laughs) so you were doing a lot of stats and you were you like coordinating directly with the head baseball coach um not so not so much on that front um i actually the head baseball coach at the time um 
was Dave Dangler, who's now a scout for the Detroit Tigers and has been a longtime college coach. Um, but he actually, it was really nice because he actually, they didn't have much budget, um, but they he actually allowed me to go on to a couple trips. So I got to go down. Oregon State was an easy one because I could just take the bus with them down to Oregon State and, you know, actually do stats there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to, you know, meet Coach Casey before before it was, you know, yeah. the Coach Casey. That's um, cool. And, you know, I have to say, so lovely to work with. Um back then and not all the schools in the um you know in the pack pack 10 at the time you know wanted to deal with you know a portland state athletics program sure, sure. <laughs> um so i always appreciated that and i always remembered that about coach casey and his staff down there um and uh and got to go up to um the western i'm sorry washington state um go up there with them and so it was nice to be able to mm-hmm. go do the stats and actually be with the other peers in the you know in, yeah. the, in the box uh, sorry in the um whoa my my you're all right what is that called <laughs> it's been a long time the since lo- i've been in there and uh, the press box, press box. Press box. Yeah, thank you it's all right <laughs> so did you get to meet the legendary jack dunn at this time yes but not as a coach um actually um as a coach um he had already yep. moved on but you know jack would come down because he just was he's jack dunn baseball <laughs> so, junkie yeah, so yeah totally so he'd that. come down and um and always come into the to the office um um, I think, you know, he was connected with um, Larry Sellers there. And so I got to meet Jack that way, um, was him coming in the office and talking and telling stories and, you know, being the, you know, kind, interesting man that he is who loves baseball. And so um, I just have the, you know, he's one of my favorite people in the world. So, Yep. So you graduate from Portland State University with a degree in political science. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you do after school? Uh, well, I did a couple. I, I, I actually stayed on with the Portland State Athletic Department for a little bit um, and then had some other um, jobs. And then I actually ended up at Adidas. Um, mm-hmm. And that was actually through a temp agency. Oh. Um, so um, the funny story is I had interviewed at Adidas and Nike. And what, what was the position you interviewed? Uh, it was a, at Adidas. It was the... Um, design department assistant <laughs> so it was just kind of getting trying to get your foot in somewhere sure, whatever, um yeah. at nike it was the assistant for brand jordan which wasn't mm-hmm. brand jordan at the time it was just the michael jordan department or mm-hmm. something like that <laughs> um and the funny thing is that ideas called me first <laughs> so they're so like yes uh, yeah. so you know you know when you're out of college and you've got student loans coming soon you just yeah. say yes to that job um but i actually stayed at adidas for five years um lived in germany oh, and cool. worked for them over there um, really loved being around sports and um, you know doing that that kind of work but um, honestly felt like and this is something I mentioned at our event in the fall is that I actually felt like I was sitting in someone else's dream job hmm. um, you know I, I you know my boss really wanted me to get deeper into the footwear business and industry and I thought I don't think that that's my path I didn't know exactly what my path was but right. I knew that it needed to be related to uh, you know, supporting kids and families. Something a little more community centered. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So you move from Portland to Germany. Yeah. You work for Adidas, and then you know, moving on from Adidas, I think did did you go and work for the Center for Women's Leadership at Portland? Yeah. So actually, when I so um, and just one little side note in Germany, 
I was looking for an apartment and near the apartment where I ended up getting there was a baseball field and oh. I and I you know when you're in a new place and you're just like I need to feel like home somehow yeah. I saw the baseball field and I'm like that's the apartment I'm getting that's cool um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I, uh, when I left Adidas, I started a consulting, um, company doing communications consulting. And, um, one of the things I did was, um, did like 20% of my time. I, I, um, offered, um, to do pro bono consulting work for nonprofits. Oh, okay. So I started doing that for, um, a nonprofit that my former political science professor at Portland State had founded at Portland State um, called the Center for Women's Leadership. Mm-hmm. At the time, it was the Center for Women, Politics, and Policy. Um, and that's really where I got my um, deep experience, um, you know, helping to grow and, and build a nonprofit. Yeah, and was the and worked and ended up actually taking a position there for a couple of years to help them build up their um, their funding for their programming. And did you put on any events while you were there in the leadership position? Or? Yeah, I mean, w- events was kind of one of the things that um, they have got an annual power lunch that they do. It wasn't called the power lunch when hmm. I was doing it, but um, th- that basically sells out every year. It's just packed with, you know, inf- influential community leader- leaders hmm. and um and uh, that's the event that I that I helped start there um, and build up over. And that's an annual thing. That's an annual event. Okay. Um, is actually also at the Portland Art Museum, although they mm. may be growing out of it soon. <laughs> oh wow! Um, but yeah, so I put on events there. Also, um, uh, created a National Day of Service event that we actually did for sexual assault survivors. Mm. Um, there are um, people who experience sexual assault and end up at the hospital and um, because their clothes are taken for evidence or have other things that they where they can't put the clothes back on um, um, people would be sent home in like paper hospital clothes mm. um, yeah. and so um, the Assistance League of Portland actually at the time was um, helping to pull together these kits and I thought well we can do that uh, yeah. you know, we can, and we can scale that bigger the success of one thing allows you to branch out a little bit yeah, yeah. so we actually yeah. um we actually did that several years in a row, and by the end, we're doing like 300 kits a year that could be distributed wow. to hospitals um, wow. in various sizes mm. for um, people who've experienced sexual assault. So, um, mm. so basically, I just kind of got my nonprofit chops um, working for the Center for Women's Leadership and just being around um, incredible community leaders who, you know, are trying to build up build up a pipeline of leaders. So, when you say nonprofit chops, it's it's basically kind of perfecting and, and working on the skills of kind of. Networking, gaining support, um, just just it is you're, you're putting the communications to work mm-hmm. essentially, and just uh, kind of marketing and advertising from you know a nonprofit standpoint. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And how, how did that? How did you grow with that? How did that grow? I mean, um, you know, I actually um, continued my consulting work okay. while I was working at the center, and um, and actually in that time period, um, you know, the Beavers. It was announced that the Beavers were leaving. I know again, I yeah. and you know I Ugh. was heartbroken when they left. You know, in '94, mm-hmm. when <laughs> you know, or '93, when um, I worked, you know, in the souvenir stand as a high school kid, hmm. and um, and I just um, I was like, here's that feeling again of just feeling you know devastated, and but this time I was like, oh, but what have I done? to keep the beavers here hmm. and so that's when I met Keenan Longcore our founder um, and I had known him um, uh, his kids had gone to the same elementary school that I did and so I'd known him for a long time but I knew he was doing this 
organization, Friends of Baseball, and so we got together for lunch, and I was talking to him about how I felt about it, and um, and I was mostly kind of in a selfish place about it. I was just like, I want my team back, and you know, <laughs> but I thought, hey, if I'm going to do this, it probably shouldn't be about like a team. Yeah. It should probably be about like how can I support the the game in Portland, um, and so I joined the Friends of Baseball board at that time, and. Um, and just you know continue to do work and you know basically kind of had this there was a there was a, another little aha moment where it brought me all the way back to my coach mm-hmm. and my little league and you're making trim- sure and you're that trim- i played and your trimet travel and my trimet travel yeah. <laughs> she was like a frequent trimet yeah the worst thing is when you fall asleep and you don't realize it yeah. for like four more stops yeah. um, <laughs> i had one of those experiences when yeah. i was on the uh, max rail because i lived off over on 205 yeah. when i was going to portland state i fell asleep and ended up way out there <laughs> it was, hopefully it was a good sleep <laughs> yeah well it was a good sleep because i don't remember <laughs> so um before we finish up this particular episode with you Um, let's jump back in to uh, baseball itself and talk to us about your favorite team um, and what made you start liking them yeah I've answered that question a lot Uh, it's a little bit confusing because my my um, you know my dad took me to my first Mariners game when I was 12 it's the only one that um, yeah so I I went to a Mariners game in the kingdom and um, see Buhner Martinez. Oh, yeah. um, all I know is that I didn't even re- I didn't even think about it. I was really excited to be there but I could not handle the way that felt even though Civic Stadium didn't have grass it was outside and I just remember being like what's this living giant living room that we're in yeah. um, and so I just didn't become a Mariners fan like normally your first game that's the team that you'd become the fan of and I didn't become a Mariners fan and you couldn't watch Mariners games um, but my grandma told me about Harry Carey and how funny he was. And so started watching Cubs games. It's on WGN all the time. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. you know, you'd think the story ends with me being a Cubs fan, which I always have followed the Cubs, love the Cubs, definitely watched them win the World Series in 2016. Um, but I'm actually a Giants fan. Hmm. Um, and um, that is a really weird story because the Cubs, who was the team I liked in 89, played the Giants in the NLCS. Oh, yeah. And... Um, the Giants, you know, summarily beat the Cubs, <laughs> and um, I was a National League girl, so I, I decided to root for the Giants, and um, that was like the Will Clark, Kevin Mitchell, oh, yeah. um, that group, um, and just, um, and then my dad, when I was seventeen, took me down to Candlestick. Um, I'm pretty sure maxed out a credit card to do it because <laughs> I don't think we really had the money to do it. Um, and uh, I got to see um, I could see Barry Bonds play in Candlestick Park. Oh, cool. And um, so then I was cemented. It was cemented that I was a Giants fan because I got to go to Candlestick Park and we saw my poor aunt came with us and she's not she's not as big of a baseball fan and she, you know we forced her to go to <laughs> all these games and one of them was a 16 inning game Ooh. at Candlestick Ooh. Park night wow. game we came straight from cold, the airport cold yep. swirling winds yep. yeah straight from the airport yeah. and uh, just froze froze hmm. and uh, su- supposedly when you go to an uh, extra inning game at Candlestick you're supposed to get some sort of badge but we didn't get it so oh. I, I, that was a bummer because I heard you. about it now yeah. huh. <laughs> um, but yeah so um, I, I'm a Giants fan um, but I, I gotta say um, I I you know that some team comes to Portland that's gonna be my team yeah 
Oh yeah, that's gonna be my team. I, I, I've, I, it is, you know, I've told my husband that um, I'm going to, you know, if that happens, I'm gonna walk into and not walk into that stadium and I'm I'm gonna lose it because it's just always been my dream to have a major league team in my in my hometown. Yeah, it would be something. <laughs> it would be yeah. well. That's uh, that's going to wrap it up for this particular episode, and we thank Nova for coming on, thank sharing you. a little bit about her background, so we get to know her a little bit better, and along with our listeners. Um, so thank you very much, and we appreciate you sharing that information with us. So that's going to do it. I'm Ben. I'm Dave. And you take care, wherever you're at. Have a great day, great evening, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Peace out. <laughs>